Welcome in. This is your live chat for this week's Bermuda Championship. Let's go. No weeks off. I don't care about the field. Somebody's going to win it. The greenness of your DFS winnings is just as green this week as any other week. And there's kind of a lot to talk about. A lot of players that uh, we aren't very sure of. A lot of players we don't know much about. A course that we've only seen twice and is currently being smoked by wind. A couple of housekeeping items here at the top. Uh, this is brought to you by Jock Market. We will talk about them in just a few minutes. But there is a power hour tonight. Another live chat, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. In the same place that you are right now. The Rick Run Good YouTube channel. Second of all, everything you see will come from uh, my website rickrungood.com. Third of all, there will be a new podcast dropped uh, maybe tomorrow, maybe Thursday, maybe Friday, TBD, of me with um, a top 20 player in the world. Uh, you can guess. That's called 300 yards to unknown. You can guess. You can guess in the chat. I'll let you know if you're right. Also, uh, there was one more thing I was supposed to mention. I don't know. Bring on the wind questions. This time is yours. Uh, we can talk about anything that you want. Garrett, out of the gate. And Garrett sent this an hour and 15 minutes ago. I respect the hustle, Garrett. Is Matt Fitzpatrick worth it? Other experts, he put that in quotations correctly, are saying to fade him. But he is my top tier pick this week. Don't want to load up with him and Cbez and Reed. Ooh, dropped my wedding ring. Apologies. Um... I'm okay with Matt Fitzpatrick. And I don't know how many people are actually heeding the fade warning because as of right now, I've been projected to be 24% owned, which is one of the highest owned golfers on the slate. He just won last week, right? And I'm I'm generally in the camp of, I don't care if he won last week. You know, I had the same conversation about Sung J.M. from Shriners to what would that have been? CJ Cup. Uh, so I think it's fine. He's not long off the tee. He's generally pretty accurate. We've seen him play. I mean, his win at Valderrama was like six under par. It was difficult conditions. You're going to get a different kind of difficult conditions this week with the way that the forecast is rolling out. But yeah, I'm like a, I don't know if five is average. I'm like a six out of 10 on Matt Fitzpatrick, a little lukewarm. I just think personally, uh, maybe the drop to Mito at f with $500 or Seamus power at $800 savings not having to uh, necessarily dip too deep into the 6,000 range is um, is a little bit appealing, but I don't, I don't mind Matt Fitzpatrick. Could you rate your top two to three guys in the $8,000 range? I know you said it's a weird range with not a lot of value. Sure, let's do it. Uh, this is, whoa, first of all, that is a new layout. Uh, I'm, my headshot is over top of the stats. That's interesting. Okay, so... Uh, Yes, here's the cheat sheet on rickrungood.com. Top two or three players in the $8,000 range. So here's the range right here. Oh boy. Um, I would probably go uh, some combination of Guido Migliozzi. I would probably go then maybe Sahith. And then I would probably go stallings maybe so those are two guys that are uh we don't know a lot about guido and sahith we're going to learn more and more every single time they tee it up i think raw talent wise they are some of the best um of these of the younger class and then scott stallings who when he finds success it's generally on a course that is under seven thousand yards he's had some good uh some good finishes here an 18th and a 26th place finish so that's probably the way that i would shake it out um scott b welcome yeah, I kind of like this layout, though. Is this better or is this better? I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll do it the normal one. But then you can't really read it as well. Maybe we'll try this one. All right. Um, Scott B says, love the content, Rick. Do you feel Patrick Reed is the is one that can win with lousy recent form, or does he generally show signs before he wins? Well, here we go. Uh, there is a way to find this out. I believe... I don't know, actually. Let's, let's, let's just look. So... We have nine wins to kind of roll off of here for Patrick Reed. Uh, here's his most recent win at the Farmers. Was he playing well leading up to that event? I would argue very well, right? Because he went, um, let's see. He missed the cut the week before. T21 at the Tournament of Champions. Masters was two months before. Are you going to count that as part of his run? Because if you count the end of the season before, he went 8th, 13th, 14th, 10th played the tournament of champions, missed the cut, and then won. I'd argue that's much better form than what you're seeing now, 
look at all the red here, right? I mean, he's lost off, off the tee in six straight. He's lost on approach in five straight. Before his win, he gained off the tee in basically 12 out of 13, something like that. So I would argue that he was playing much better then. Let's see what he did before his win in Mexico. Um, T51 at the Genesis, T6 at the Farmers. Missed the cut before that. T2 at Tournament of Champions. Again, I would argue was in much better form before that victory. The Northern Trust coming in, gaining off the tee in five straight, gaining on approach in five of six, had a top 10, a a 12th, a 22nd. I would argue much better form Um, before his Masters victory. Second at the Valspar, seventh at the Arnold Palmer. Do I need to go further? Uh, I, I think generally speaking, he's playing well before his victories. Does it mean that's the only way to get it done? No, Scott, but I I would like to see something a little bit better. Hey, Rick, thanks for all the content. Thanks, Andy. What do you think will be the more unique build this week? Stars or scrubs? Stars and scrubs are something more balanced. Well, if I take a look at the cheat sheet here, um, the ownership seems to be pretty consolidated at the top. Then at Russell Knox, then at Brian Stewart and Austin Cook, a little bit on Von Taylor, and really not much sub-7,000, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me unless people are going one or two 10K guys. The way that this projected ownership pans out, it looks like most people are going one to two 10K guys and then living in probably the bottom of the sevens is what you would have to do. Um which makes me think that to answer your question, Andy, the unique build would be skipping the 10K, <laughs> excuse me, skipping the 10K and, and building a more balanced build. I, I don't think that's the path most people are going to go. Hank Hill says, can you run an updated model and explain, explain your thought process behind it? Sure. So here's the custom model. Um, I do, again, I don't remember what I did on Monday. Uh, the way that I believe this course is going to set up is uh, generally in favor of ball strikers. And when I say that guys who generally hit it well off the tee and hit it well on approach, they usually flush it more often. This is not a a blanket statement, but they usually flush it more often. And if we get these really, really windy conditions, those guys that flush it, those guys that hit the middle of the club face, those guys that, um, uh, you know, hit a heavy ball are more valuable. So that's kind of my play against the wind. So what I would probably do today on this Wednesday is I would probably put a lot of emphasis on driving accuracy 25. And I'd put a lot of emphasis on, uh, approach and off the tee. So I would probably, well, see, I don't want to double this up. So accuracy, I'll go 15 off the tee, but 20 on approach. So now I'm getting great ball strikers, but still giving a nod to the accurate players. Um, that leaves me with 40. What I would also probably do now, considering the wind, um, scrambling, I think, is going to come into play a bit more because I, I just think it's a situation in which you are probably going to miss a lot of greens. And then I'll also throw the last 20 on birdie or better percentage. So um, that's my weight. Oh, and, I, and I'd probably go something recent, like 16 rounds. And that would make my, obviously, my top player, Mito Pereira. My number two, Bo Hogue. My number three, Adam Hadwin, Seamus Power, Honorban Lahiri, Russell Knox, Jason Duffner, Sean O'Hare, Nick Hardy, and Scott Brown. That would be my top 10 based on the model that I just threw up there. Sid says, love the new live chat thumbnail, Rick. Can I hear your thoughts on PGA superstar Joseph Bramlett? I've been eyeing him up in all formats. So before I do that, let me tell you about these thumbnails. Um, and I don't, I don't think I want to disclose the entire story, but I'll just say this <coughs> again, excuse me. Uh, I was given a heads up by, uh, someone else in the industry that, uh, there, someone is out there cracking down on unlicensed photos and thumbnails. Uh, so like normally I would put a golfer's photo up there. If that photo is licensed and owned by someone else, technically I'm in violation, et cetera, et cetera. It's not worth the hassle. So what I ended up doing, and with the help of my wife, she was instrumental in this, uh, probably just going to go away from golfer pictures. It's not worth the hassle. So what you're seeing now in the thumbnails, pretty cool. I love it. I'm glad you like it too. Now, Joseph Bramlett. Uh, Unfortunately for Bramlett, 
he is generally uh, very long off the tee and very inaccurate. That's his that's his mold, right? And he's been doing that since last year. You're looking at this year's stats or this season's stats. Uh, same thing for last season, which is generally not the combination, but there is a there is a pathway to it. The pathway for for Bramlett is do what he did at the Fortinet. Do what he did at the Sanderson with the ball striking numbers. His ball striking numbers are excellent. His tee to green numbers, phenomenal. The putter, minus four, minus five, minus five in his last three. Um, obviously, probably putted much better than that at the Cord Ferry Tour Championship when he won it. But that is, that's what it's going to come down to. He will go as far as his putter allows. If you think he can find a, a hot putting week, let's get after it. Hey, Rick, Ben Martin's odds seem really long to me compared to what I've paid for him in better field. Can you do a deep dive and tell me what you think? We are probably at the point where that is the first ever Ben Martin deep dive request, uh, which is always fun. So here we go. Uh, generally a positive putter, much better on bent uh, than any other surface, but Bermuda is not the worst surface for him. Hasn't putted well this year, but that's only one set of rounds. Now, let's actually see this a little bit deeper here. Played the Fortinet was positive off the tee, was positive on approach, but he missed the cut thanks to the short game. I'm not as concerned about that. I just, you know, what's his path here? What's the path? He's not going to gain probably three or four strokes off the tee. It's unlikely that he gains three or four strokes on approach. He's likely to lose on and around the greens. I'm not sure I see this path here. Um, obviously it's a very weak field and maybe he does like, like this is, this feels like his ceiling. Wells Fargo 2.7 off the tee two on approach. That'd be great. And then just a scorching putter, but I'm not sure I see the path as much there. Um, good luck this week. Mike says I'm terrified because cam Percy, uh, keeps popping up in all my models and research. So give me all your Percy details. Okay, well, here we go. Uh, Percy's uh, not a very good putter, but uh, uh, Bermuda is, is he's basically a zero on Bermuda. This is probably why he shows up on your models. Um, the, the, the approach play, right? Uh, the ability to gain four, five, or six strokes on approach is a very rare skill set on the PGA Tour. Uh, the ability to lose four, four, five with the putter is not a rare skill set. And that is a skill set that uh, Percy has. Again, unfortunately, I throw him in the category of team no putt. I throw him in the category of uh, Joseph Bramlett. He's going to go as far as the putter allows him. If you want to take a gamble that this is a putting week for him, that's that's what you're hoping for. Because the ball, the, uh, the approach play is great. The off the tee play has been uh, better recently. He doesn't hemorrhage a lot around the greens. It is literally just the putter. So um, I would have no concerns about that. He's also... Um, I believe uh, I have his season numbers in here, which is only one event, but I think generally speaking, someone can find this out for me. Um, I think he's more accurate than he is long, which I think is generally a good spot here. TJ says, oh boy. <laughs> I don't even know if I can pronounce these names. David Francolini and Damian Polandi, Polanyandi, both are men from Bermuda. Okay. I'll trust you on that. Which one is in this field and which one is a famous rock drummer? I have no idea. I would guess uh, Damien is in the field. No idea. Jay-Z, thank you, Hope, says, I don't know why people get so bummed about these weeks. A 28-1 to Hayden Buckley ticket at the Bermuda wins you the same as a 28-1 to Victor Hovland ticket at a WGC. Always money to be won. I couldn't have said it better myself, Jay. Thanks. Also, Rick, <laughs> can you tell me what you know about Bo Hogue? Um, so Bo Hogue actually, he was like second on my model, right? Yeah, he was. Okay. So Hogue popped up second on my model. So remember that model was heavy on accuracy, heavy on birdie or better, heavy on scrambling, heavy on the ball striking categories. That was, that was the Bo Hogue combination. So what do we see when we do a little bit of a deeper dive here? Well, really good stretch of golf, uh, last summer on the approach play, even T to green was pretty good. The putter is not as bad. So this is, this is generally, um, what I would prefer to see if you lose five in a week or four in a week with the putter, the fact that you have the ability to gain two or gain three, that's exciting to me. This shows that there is at least a, um, an upside to Bo Hoke where a lot of guys, even if they get a good putting week, there is no upside to it. There is an upside, a top 10 upside, um, to Bo Hoke, uh, which I think a lot of guys can't fathom. So yeah, that's pretty good. I don't mind that at all. And the fact that he popped up in my model, it's all good. Rick, 
I'd love to lock in some amount. Oh, okay. Lock in some amount of DK points gained every time I run a model. Think that's in the cards and let us do that in the future. Matthew, you are in luck, my friend. Uh, the custom model, the next version of the custom model, and it's a, it's a huge task, as you can imagine, because not only is it a custom model where there's just tons of data flowing into it, but then also the ability to create lineups. Um, that is like, it's a, it's, a, it's a model and a builder and an optimizer all in one. You're going to be able to do a lot more. Trust me. My goal here is to add fantasy points gained, um, putting surfaces, uh, courses. Like you're going to be able to do all of that. Uh, so hang tight with me. I promise you, it's on its way. It's one of my it's one of my um, largest priorities. Real quick before I move on, I do have to remind you this is brought to you by uh, Jock Market. Jock Market is stock market DFS. You can right now. I believe the I believe the market's open for tonight. Right now. Bid on shares of golfers right now. If you are a, a, a high bidder come this evening around 9 p.m. Eastern time, you will be allocated those shares. Uh, then those shares and how they are paid out uh, are essentially determined by the, the finishing position and or the fantasy points of uh, the golfer that you are that you are a shareholder of. Uh, you can buy and sell during the event. You can now short golfers. And it's more than just golf. You can do this for other sports as well. I'm, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a secret here. Since you're here on the live chat, a little bit of a secret. So this is the data on rickrungood.com right now for jock market. I'm in the process of expanding this, um, but I'm not ready to publish this yet because I need to work out, you know, kind of all the details. If you scroll down, there is a hidden button on this page. Uh, it is between these two tables at the bottom. So lower your cursor and see how my cursor changed. I can actually click here. There's a hidden button and it takes you to this page, which I think is really, really cool and really, really valuable, where I can see each individual player. So here's Seamus Power. So I can easily see Seamus Power's average IPO, $3.74, average payout, $5.07, average profit, $1.33 a share. That's 42% ROI. He has made you a profit in 10 out of 15 cash markets, and you can kind of see the trends over time. So I'm not ready to push that out yet, um, but I, I will soon. But if you're watching now, hey, good luck. You can go try that out. Use the code Rick up to a $50 deposit bonus. And I will uh, give away $100 tonight on the Power Hour. How would you rank Wu, Steward, Sig, and Hogue? Depends on which who. Uh, depends on which Wu, excuse me. Um, I actually like both of them, but I think Dylan is uh, a bit more primed for a breakout. I would probably rank them Hogue, Stewart, which I hate because his course history has been so bad, but his course fit is phenomenal. Hogue, Stewart, Wu, Sig is probably the way I'd go. Um, but I could really be, I could be pretty convinced on any of that. Could you do a deep dive on Hostler? says Ryan. Sure. So Bo Hostler uh, does it via the short game, right? Look at his putting stats. Every split, he is a, a pretty significant positive on. He's actually been, now again, this is only one event, but he was driving at 326 yards at the Fortinet. Uh, that's going to come down. It has to come down. And he lost 3.6 strokes on approach, even because of that. Uh, the concern about Hostler is that he is almost entirely reliant on the short game. Um, and when you get into that kind of mold on the PGA Tour, it just makes your path to success so small. You really need to have just like Jordan Spieth's short game magic for four days because you're hemorrhaging strokes off the tee and on approach. So um, it's just a very narrow path for him. Tell me more about Austin Ekro. Top 20 play? Ooh, I mean, he hasn't played a whole lot, right? I mean, he's, what, from Oklahoma State? I think he's probably got nine or ten official events under his belt to kind of decent success. I think he'll be good. I think he'll be fine. I think there's going to be a learning curve for some of these guys. I'm not sure he's going to finish here in the top um, in the top 20. Finally, we haven't even gotten... Okay, here we go. The first wind question, I think, just came in. I'm stunned by that. So... MD says, which tea time wave is looking best? It's going to be a windy one. Yeah, it is. So um, caveats. I don't want to play the wind game. Second caveat, you might hear banging here. We're, we're getting solar installed, and I, uh, I think they were on a lunch break, and I think they're coming back. I'll try to avoid that. I'm, you know, Sorry if they start banging above my head. Um, 
which tea time wave? So again, I don't want to play the wind game of like, who's the best wind player. That is a fool's errand. And anyone who's telling you different is lying to you. Just throwing it out there. Uh, but there might be a tea time edge. So this is wind finder. So, and, and again, my other caveat is this is, this could change any second, right? So, and, and if they get a, a weather delay, so I think there is a, a, a pretty decent theory of stacking tea times this week, but if you get a weather delay that goes out the window. So you might want to build lineups that stack both morning and afternoon as of right this moment. Um, I think probably, uh, so here's Thursday morning, 25 to basically 25 mile an hour winds, um, 20 to 25 all day long, basically until nine o'clock. Then they start to go down Friday morning seems to be, uh, a little better. Although Friday afternoon seems to be a little bit better too. I think my guess right now, and I don't think it's a huge split, but maybe if that's going down, you probably want Thursday Thursday afternoon, Friday morning. I think that would be my hunch at the moment. But again, that can change. These are nowhere near that accurate that far in advance. Um, and and if if they get a, a rain delay, that can change. But I think right now, what did I say? Thursday afternoon, Friday morning. I think will be a a little a little bit better. Bermuda seems like a good time for uh, a pick from Mina. That's my wife. Uh, can we get one from your better half? Yes, she said, hold on, she sent me this. <laughs> she said Brian Stewart. Um they're definitely they're definitely now drilling on the ceiling above me. So apologies in advance for that. Just out here trying to save the environment. No big deal. Um <clears throat> safest last man in. Oh boy. Johnson Wagner, David Lingmurth, or Andres Romero. You know what? I think it's Lingmurth. Um this is completely anecdotal because I can't imagine that there's another way to go about doing this. But um, David Lingmurth, who is grinding on the Corn Ferry, and I saw him out here in Vegas when he played at Paiute, and it was like 40 mile an hour winds. It was a brutal week. I think he played pretty well. I was impressed with what I saw for a couple of holes or whatever. I know that was a long time ago, but I, res I respect the grind that Lingmurth is in right now. Short wind, susceptible, uh, short course susceptible to weight is pebble, not the perfect comp. Should I just play, should I just put a hundred, a hundo on, uh, Ted Potter Jr. and call it a day? Yeah. So, um, this, the most statistically comparable courses are Harbor Town, Pebble Beach, and, and River Highlands. Those are courses that do not necessarily require a ton of distance off the tee. Um, and especially Pebble, which is, obviously on the coast and can get you kind of windblown all over the place. Yeah. I don't mind. I do not mind that as a comp, obviously uh, the fact about putting a, a hundo on Ted Potter jr. It's your money. Uh, I'm, I will not be doing that, but I, I do like the, the comp. Greg says, smash the like button. Appreciate that. Thank you, Greg. Any worry about Mito putting on Bermuda? Yeah, for sure. No, listen, I've got, I've got plenty of, um, I've got plenty of concerns about everybody in the field, right? No one, no one is a layup. Golf is hard. Golf is weird. Um, yes, I have concerns about him putting in general, and I have concer concerns about him putting on Bermuda. But I bet we can pull this up. I bet you it's not that many rounds. Let's let's see how actually how many rounds this is for Mito on Bermuda. It's got to be a small sample size. It's eight rounds. Um, four at the Sanderson, in which he lost four point seven. Horrible. He was a positive putter at, at Wyndham. And he was uh, minus 1.3 at, at Wells Fargo. So it's really one bad week of putting on Bermuda. It's eight rounds. I'm not, not that worried about it. Who is the best option? $6,100 or lower. Oh my Lord. Um, 6,100 or lower. That's, that's a deep cut, my friend. Ah, oh, boy. I mean, some of these guys don't even play competitively. I guess it is Ted Potter Jr., Right, I mean, he's he's a tour pro. Some of these guys are, um, man. Oh, Damien is the one. I got it right. Okay, Damien's in the field. Olin Brown, sixty three years old, and hasn't has played like nine OWGR events in ten years. He plays on the Champions Tour. Um, I I guess it's I guess it's Ted Potter. I'm not excited about it. 
Uh, I do like David Lipsky. I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of uh, Lipsky because he has a lot more experience on the PGA Tour than a lot of these other Corn Fairy guys coming up. He has like a 20-minute head start. What do you think of Peter Uline? Uline won that event in Vegas that I was referring to where it was um, a million miles an hour. I mean, it was literally, I, couldn't even, I couldn't even be out there. I, 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 I could not even be out there. He won that event. I'll show you. So here's Peter Uline. Good putter on Bermuda. Again, split a lot of time between the Corn Ferry last year. Here's the victory at Paiute. That was in April. I thought that was much later than that. Um, played well with his partner at the Zurich. I mean, he was a lot better on the Corn Ferry than he was on the PGA Tour. But I will tell you, the strength of field of this event is like a 28, I think. Is that right? It's like a 28. Um, it kind of resembles a Corn Ferry tournament. I don't mind that one single bit. Bonjour from Quebec. Hope you're doing well. Thank you. I'm just going to go with Martine. Any feel on Danny Willett? Uh, well, he's playing well, right? I mean, I, I do think that he is in the class of there's to me, there's a couple of tiers in this field. Um, I think it's like, uh, Fitzpatrick's probably a tier of his own, quite frankly. I'm not saying it's a super high tier, but he's probably a tier of his own. Then you get like Mito Bez and the current form of Patrick Reed. That's kind of tier two, I think. Then you get like, uh, Seamus Power, I think is also in a tier of his own. And then after that, I think Willett's in that tier, like tier four. So I, I think he's definitely up there. Um, obviously one on uh, what? Alfred Dunhill uh, three weeks ago, something like that. Um, the problem is this. He has not gained strokes on approach uh, in a measure, in, in three straight measured events. Now that goes back a while. He probably did at, at the Alfred Dunhill. Very, very reliant on his around the green play, which is kind of reliant on him missing greens. Now, you could argue maybe that comes in handy this week in really tough kind of mutter type conditions. Um, but then I kind of followed that up and say, well, he's not very good on Bermuda either. It's his worst surface. So in the same way, I was like a six out of 10 on whoever I said I was a six, six out of 10 on Matt Fitzpatrick. I'm like a four out of 10 on Danny Willett. I like the long-term skill set. I like the mutter aspect i don't like the current metrics uh and i don't like his surface but man it's it, it's a tough week it's a tough week we got we got to start figuring this stuff out um oh okay so we're getting back into the uh people are trying to guess who's in who's coming on the uh the pod uh so let me hold on let me see what i have here Zach says, Rick had dinner with Victor in Vegas. Interview lock. Tokyo Swan says, are you getting Hovland on the pod? Uh, the answer, that would be really cool, wouldn't it? If I could get Victor Hovland on the pod. I mean, listen, do you think I could just like call up these guys and get them on the pod? They're just like a top 20 player in the world. Yeah, he's going to be on. Seriously. Yeah, seriously. We did it last night. It was awesome. He's great. He's a great guy. Um, yes, that's that'll be out in the next couple of days. Victor Hovland, awesome dude. You're probably going to hate it. <laughs> I love when people start like that. I probably am. But your thoughts on Nick Watney as a lower owned option. Made cut in six of last seven after missing 18 in a row and has been hitting his approaches much better. Uh, I appreciate the deep dive here on Nick Watney. <laughs> Excuse me again. My goodness. All right. Let's see what we got with all Nick Watney here. Yeah, you're right. He was missing a ton of cuts in a row. Um, wow. Oh, that's right. That's right. He had the 11 and a half. Strokes gained putting, thanks, um, at Sanderson. That's right, that's right, that's right. That was one of the best of, like, anybody in the last four years. So, how much is he? How much is he? Nick Watney, how much are you this week? 7800 That was, like, $1,000 more than I was hoping. Ah, oh, man. I don't know how much upside there is unless he gains 12 strokes putting, which he's not. But I agree with you. This is better than he was. And the fact that he has gained at least been a positive, no matter how small, on approach in seven straight is encouraging. I wish he was about $1,000 cheaper. I don't hate this. I'm like a three out of 10 on it, four out of 10 on it. But um, I think it's a decent find. Can you talk about the course key stats and similar courses? Yeah. So I kind of brushed over this for a second. Um, 
So similar courses are short courses that don't require uh, driving distance and put a heavier emphasis on accuracy. So Harbor Town, Pebble Beach, TPC River Highlands. Um, there's only two years worth of data at this course. Remember that. We've only played this twice. Brian Gay won one. Brendan Todd won the other one. Those could not have been more aligned champions, right? At least when they're both going well. Brian Gay actually... Um, I don't think he doesn't hit as many fairways as, as, as you want to think he does. He's just not very long off the tee, but him and Brendan Todd uh, could not have been better examples for, I think what the, the key metrics are this week. And when I run this model, it's not just winners, it's everybody in the field. And that still bears itself out. So again, smaller sample size here, um, not having, see, this is also another thing, JG, and I'm so glad you brought this up. The way that I run this model doesn't matter if we have shot link or not. Um, which is, I think, a flaw of a lot of other models that I see, right? Because someone would have just said, oh, man, um, you know, the top five finishers have been great putters that week. And I've been like, obviously, that's how it works. But without shot link, you're kind of screwed with that. Uh, however, what I do is I take the year's worth of, uh, of metrics and see where they played well in each season, which makes a lot more sense. And it does not require shot link. So thank you. Good question. Can we do a deep dive on Adam Hadwin? Yeah, sure. Sure, let's just do a deep dive on Adam Hadwin. Let's boogie. Uh, he's, he's a positive putter on Bermuda, but it's his worst surface. This is at least encouraging. Okay, so he has gained on approach in three of five, three of six, and all three of them were at least two strokes. That's a good sign because look at this stretch here from Memorial to Rocket Mortgage. Horrible. Lost two, lost two, lost two, lost five. Horrible. Looks like he's starting to figure something out. Um, I prefer he drive it a little bit better, but the putter hasn't really left him in this period. I'm okay. I'm, I'm getting more bullish on Adam Hadwin. You know, we have this kind of running joke on, on the first cut. Cause Greg is always talking about Adam Hadwin, but, um, it's, it's actually getting better, right? I can, I can kind of, I can kind of back this. You were the only other person that believed in Denny as much as me. Sounds like you've given up no shot this week. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, if we have Daniel, we have, um, we have an event that they could not fill with PGA Tour professionals. Uh, we have an event that is in a tropical location that some of these guys are going to use as a vacation. Well, they got fooled because it's terrible weather this week. Uh, we have a, an event that has 40-mile-an-hour uh, winds, and we have an event that's early in the season, and we're getting an influx of guys that we have rarely seen play golf. It's madness out here. So everyone has a shot this week. But what I was hoping to see from Denny was a continued or at least a, a stagnant um, run of ball striking that we saw make him, we saw him make improvements on uh, at the end of 2020, kind of flashed it a little bit again in mid-2021. Maybe he's just like an April-May guy or a, a, a March-April guy. Just play him in March and April. Uh, to see him kind of fall back into losing five strokes on approach, losing four on approach. It's not the greatest thing in the world. His putter has actually kind of acted up recently, right? I mean, he's lost strokes putting. This guy's the best putter on the PGA Tour, or at least was for two straight years, maybe longer than that. He's lost strokes putting in, in five of eight. I, I wish I had better things to say about, about, about Denny. I wish I could. Brent... <laughs> Marry one night stand or kill Bermuda Punta Cana or Mayakoba. Uh, Marry Mayakoba, low key, awesome course. Great field they're going to get this year, too. Also, Victor Hovland, defending champion. I would then have a uh, one night stand with Bermuda because you might get a week like this with 25 mile an hour wins, and that's fun sometimes, but it's not fun every week. And then I'll just kill Punta Cana, which is a shame. Favorite pivots based on ownership. Okay, let's go back to the course key stats here. <clears throat> so there's not a ton of uh, pivots in the 10K. The pivot in the 10K is Seamus Power, believe it or not, which uh, is a little bit surprising. I think he'll actually come in higher than 12% owned just because people are not going to want to build lineups with Matt Fitzpatrick and a couple of scrubs down at the bottom. Um, but the, the the pivot seems to be one, Seamus Power, or two, the pivot is is fade the 10K range. That would be the probably real pivot. Um, the pivot from Adam Hadwin, my favorite is probably Rogers or Willett. I think those are fine. The pivot from Sahith is probably Scott Stallings. The pivot from Russell Knox is probably 
Uh, it's almost certainly Peter Uline. Yeah, at 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 one eleventh of the ownership, uh, for a hundred dollars more, has won this year in a wind blown situation. Um, has played this event twice. Definitely Peter Uline as the pivot. The Brian Stewart pivot. Um, I don't mind Lahiri. So played well here last year. I followed him a lot at Shriners. I think he had like one bad round. He played really well, I think, on Thursday. Grinded it out on Friday. I forget how he played on the weekend, but um, I would not mind Lahiri there. And then the Austin Cook pivot is probably non-existent. Um, Man, it's tough because Gligic just withdrew too. Um, I would say it might be, no, because Kramer Hickok's the same number. There might not be a pivot there or a natural one. Might not be a natural pivot for him. Good question though. Uh, okay, so let's do this. This is a good This is a good question. If you dig into the Holy Grail on Patrick Reed, he actually gained strokes off the tee at Bermuda, uh, excuse me, wow, at Pebble Beach and TPC River Highlands, which are similar courses. Yeah, so let's do. Let's just do this. Let's just do um, Patrick Reed, right? We'll do Reed on, uh, I'll start with sub 7,000 yard courses. We'll just start there. And uh, why is this not working? Oh, hold on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Because I had something clicked. Bear with me. All right, let's try it this way. So, Reed, Patrick Reed, sub 7,000. There we go. Okay. Last two years at Travelers, he was good off the tee. Two starts before that. Last two starts before that, he was a loser. Even for two before that. Really good in 2017. I mean, yeah, this is, he's overall a zero in like the last six years. Oh, a little bit, a little bit better than that. Um, but is, is the off the tee stuff driven by the course or is it driven by his form coming in? That's the question. The who's hot list. Yeah, I never really showed this. This is the trends tool. I use this, but it just never really comes up all that often. Let me try to show you this. Uh, the trends tool has a lot of really cool, fun little features. Um, one, who's hot and who's not. And yeah, I have no idea who Kamiko Smith is, believe it or not. But uh, it's probably a very, very small sample size. Same with Kevin Stadler. But you start to look at some of these names. Like, you know, Patrick Reed playing essentially three and a half strokes per round below his baseline. Sepp Straka playing three strokes below his baseline. Hot on the other side with guys that probably have somewhat decent sample sizes. Uh, I bet you, Matt, every sample size isn't all that bad. Plus 2.7. Man, the names. Watney plus 2.3. A lot of that driven by the 11 and a half points or 11 and a half strokes he gains at the whatever Sanderson Farms putting. Uh, And then Hayden Buckley 1.2. And then you also have this breakout candidates tool. Lipsky, Hubbard, Hickok, Woo, Mito, breakout. Let's go. Rick, what's your betting card look like if you don't mind me answering? Oh, if Rick, if you don't mind answering. Yeah, I'll tell you. Uh, I'll pull it up here because I got to go into my app. But um, with the caveat of uh, this is how I'm going to spend my money. Right? The reason I don't give out a betting card uh, is because you shouldn't care. You should spend your money how you want to spend your money, and I'll spend my money how I spend mine. Uh, I don't know your risk tolerances. I don't know the numbers that you're able to get. Why am I so blurry? There we go. Um, try to get this microphone out of here. Right now, I have bets in on, I think, four guys, five guys. Pereira and Power. No surprise. Top of the board. I bet Knox, and I think I hate it. I got Knox at 44. I think I hate it. I, I think I'm over it. I... I tried to get these before the numbers moved too much. Rogers and um, Dylan will 46 to one and 125 to one. I could have thrown Hubbard in there. I thought about Hubbard. I just, you know, I'm just going to take a five. I, I could have convinced myself on a hundred guys. So I'm just going to convince myself on those five guys. I already, I, I, I hate it outside of Mito and Seamus. I hate it. Statistically is Seamus power. The best bet in this field. Statistically. 
I guess it's probably him or Mito, right? So if we go stats, and I don't know how you'd want to do this, but um, you know, stats for the last, let's say, 24 rounds, strokes gained total in this field. Mito's one, Patrick Rogers two, Seamus Power three. Wonder why they showed up on my betting card. Hank Leviota's four, but um, the last like 12 have been really bad. Hubbard's up there, Bo Hogue's up there. I would argue that would be a pretty good indication of who's statistically the best bet in this field. Oh, no, Eric did it. Eric did it, guys. I'm sorry. Eric says, I'm on the East Coast. We had 80-mile-an-hour wins for last night, which will most likely rip into Bermuda during the tournament. I've played the course, and it's extremely windy. I think it's going to be the biggest X factor this week. And then he asks the question. How come you didn't touch win stats? Ooh, just a shot to the heart. Eric, welcome. Uh, I'm assuming you're new or we haven't had a windy tournament while you've been here. Um, major flaws with win stats. Major. Here we go. I have to do this now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Eric did this for everybody. One, um, they're completely unreliable. So what usually happens when someone tells you they're giving you win stats is they are going back and they are grabbing historical uh, data about uh, the average wind in an area close to the golf course. And they are describing that as no wind, medium wind, high wind, whatever. Uh, it does not even begin to tell the story of one, was the wind at the golf course? TPC Summerlin is a perfect example. Three minutes away from TPC Summerlin, 40 mile an hour winds at TPC Summerlin, not a breath. Well, what is my data picking up? Um, also does not account for guys who played earlier in the day or later in the day. Doesn't take into account that, Hey, wind changes throughout the day. Doesn't take into account the wind direction. Some guys are okay with wind or even <gasps> like it. If it's in the correct direction, there is just, it is way too noisy. I have the data. I promise you it's too noisy. It doesn't make any sense. It's anyone giving you wind data is wrong. I'm sorry. Eric did that. Going for a three-peat on jock market after back-to-back -back golf wins on there. Oh, back-to-back, baby. Let's go. Curious to how you feel about Dylan Fratelli. Um, I'm not even sure I know how I feel about Dylan Fratelli. Let's, let's find out how I feel about Dylan Fratelli. Has he played recently? <clears throat> Can you hear that? Can you hear that drilling? Drilling straight into my cranium? Okay, Dylan Fratelli. Uh, bad putter, but he's actually not the worst on Bermuda. It's actually his best surface, even though he's still a small loser on it. Three straight events this season, losing off the tee. Two out of three on approach. He's a loser. Uh, hasn't played well since the Open Championship. Fifth place finish there. Then it was the match play. That's kind of a weird event. He got out of his group. Then the Masters. Man, shows up for majors, doesn't he? Um... This isn't, this isn't the same Dylan Fratelli that we had here. Look at all the green off the tee. Look at all the green on approach. Look at all the green from tee to green. Look at what we're dealing with now. Um, I, would, I would not be that excited about it. Bo Hoag sounds like a karaoke bar in Manhattan. We should open one. Favorite DFS play, any range. Oh, mama. Steve just gave me full access to any range. Okay, so generally speaking, oh, it's so loud. When I think of... Um, the best DFS play, it is the guy that I think is the most mispriced and or ownership. But um, that person is probably, God, I hate to say this. I hate to say this. Um, Patrick Rogers. Last 24 rounds, like the third best player in the field. He's very good with the driver. He's very good with the putter. A little inaccurate. Maybe the win. I don't, I might be, it might be, it might be Patrick Reed. Any plans to add data for FanDuel? Uh, I have a little bit of it. It's so much harder to get those. They're, they're not very. And also I swear to you, nobody plays there, which is a surprise. I kind of like it, but I, I don't know. Is this a big course history week? Some serious long shots have had very high finishes. Yeah. So if I, um, 
Unfortunately, there's only two years, so it's kind of hard to say if this is going to be a course history course. But if I look into my crystal ball, I think it is going to turn into a course history course. The only thing that's going to be problematic about that is some years we're going to get super wind and some years we're not. Um, but yeah, I think in general, I would lean towards this ending up and ending up being a course history course. Mark Hubbard going to win this thing, Rick? Wouldn't be surprised. I'm, I'm skipping questions because I've, I've answered them in some way or another. <clears throat> Please no more Lingmurth mentions. Also, don't speak of Danny Willett. Good luck, everyone. Hit that like button. That's very good. When your question gets skipped, sad face. Yeah, you know, it's 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 hard. Uh, it's hard to go through all these questions and keep track of everything and make sure this is an enjoyable experience for everyone. Some of the questions I can't get to all of them. Um, while I'm looking through these, don't forget that I did also send out the... Uh, the run good rundown last night. So if you're not subscribed to the newsletter, what are you doing? You're missing out. Here's what it looks like. Boom. I've got stats. I've got stuff that you need to read. Uh, go to rickrundgood.com slash newsletter. Sign up for that. Get yourself access to it. Can you do a deep dive on Jason Duffner? Yeah, Duffner's actually been a lot better. Um, I would like to do a deep dive on Jason Duffner. He's actually been... Pretty, pretty good. So, generally speaking, uh, oh, look at his look at his great dude hat uh, headshot I have. So, generally speaking, what do we know about Jason Duffner? Great ball striker, horrible putter. Awesome, fine, I'm I'm cool with that. Uh, Bermuda, while still terrible, his best surface. Look at what he's done recently. Off the tee, a a gainer in one, two, three, four, five, six straight on approach. One, two, three, four, five out of six. T to green, beautiful. Putter, actually not that bad, right? So so peak Duffner is when he loses uh, seven or four, five or five and a half strokes putting, which is kind of what he's done. Last four events, he's like very close to a zero putter. It's exciting. That That's his path. That's his path. I actually don't mind Duffner like at all here. Oh boy, Jason, you're going to try to trigger me. Can you tell us about low ball hitters? There is a stat. Um, there's a stat on the PGA Tour called Apex. Uh, go go search Apex PGA Tour stat. Scroll down to the bottom of the list. Those will be your low ball hitters. There was a question I wanted to read. Now I lost it. Uh, I'll bridge the gap with this one. Who are the best Bermuda putters in this field? Asks Brady. All right, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the Holy Grail. I'm going to go to strokes game by tournament. I'm going to clear all my filters and make sure I get this back to zero. I'm going to go Bermuda grass. I'm going to go this field. And uh, this dates back to 2010. We're going to sort by best putters. And we're going to find golfers who have um, large sample, large enough sample sizes. Bezayden Hote, 35 rounds. He's number one. He's a very good putter anyway. Denny McCarthy, 143 rounds. No surprise there. Matt Fitzpatrick. Matt Fitzpatrick's number three, uh, Greg Chalmers, believe it or not. Although I'm sure a lot of this was from his prime. Yeah. You can see, uh, I mean, he's played, he's played like eight PGA tour events in the last three years and he's lost strokes putting in five of them. So don't, don't read too much into that. Luke Donald again, though, I'd wonder, yeah, that's all, that's all from his days of being like number one player in the world. Um, yeah, I would stick with, I would stick with Bez, McCarthy, Fitzpatrick, even Malnati, I guess, hasn't been bad historically. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, so many weird questions. Can you run a model and include putting as much as you think is relevant? Um, zero percent relevant. I think I have. I think I have run a. Uh, I think every model that I run uh, shows how relevant that I think putting is. No, I mean I'm 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 kidding, but not really. 
Who are the best around the green players in the field? That's an interesting question. Uh, okay, so let me let me make sure I have uh, everything in here. So around the green, and remember, around the green, this can be this can kind of be a tricky little stat, right? Because it's it's really one of the few true counting stats in the strokes gain stuff because. Uh, you can gain more around the green. Like Kevin Na's a perfect example. Kevin Na gains a ton around the green because he misses a lot of greens and he has the ability to gain a lot of strokes around the green. When you're Victor Hovland and you just pepper, maybe Victor's a bad example. When you just pepper uh, greens, you know, you don't get as many opportunities around the green and it is a counting stat. So be careful with this one. But I do think this week, if it's going to be windy, if there's going to be a lot of greens missed, I don't mind this. Um, so small sample size, Harry Hall, Fabian Gomez, larger sample size, Luke Donald. Again, that's probably a lot from his days of being the number one player in the world. Actually, let me just do this. I'll just do like the last like three seasons. That'll solve this. Romero, 17 rounds. Steven Yeager, 28 rounds. Hall, Gomez, Seamus Power, believe it or not, very good around the greens in 100, 100 rounds. Aaron Rye, 20 rounds. Um, yeah, it's an interesting little... Interesting little group of guys, but just be careful with that one. Camilo Vijegas or Vincent Whaley. Last man in my lineup going to win 250000 with your choice here. You should not do that. Um, I will lean Vijegas. Uh, the reason for that, let me see if I can pull this up. So early last year, he was just like T to green ball striking. And here it is like losing, you know, losing four five, six, seven strokes, putting eight strokes, putting in a single event. Um, he has cleaned that up significantly. Barbasol, he was a zero plus putter at the three M plus putter at Wyndham plus putter at Sanderson, basically a zero at Shriners. That, there, there's a path there, right? He's going to have to marry a couple of things, but he's 6,800 bucks in a field that is this week. You're going to have a lot of concerns about a lot of these guys. I'll go Vijegas, um, and you can send me my cut if you win the 250K. <laughs> Over under 123 and a half golfers teeing off tomorrow. Pretty crazy that 18 have withdrawn. Yeah, so are we at 124 right now? What are we at? I can check real quick. We are at. Uh, Standby. We are at unofficially 126. Uh, so I'll take the over on that many teeing off. Unless this thing gets delayed. If it gets delayed, I don't know. Those guys will hang around. I'll take the over. How fast does the projected ownership occur on your model? How fast does it occur? Like how fast do I update it? Uh, so generally like Tuesday morning. And then if there are large changes uh, that happen between Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday morning, um, and obviously Thursday morning, it will get, it'll get updated again. Yeah, this is a similar question. So do you have any concerns that Dylan Wu only hits around 50% of his fairways? Uh, yeah, I've got a lot of concerns about a lot of these guys, right? Like once you get into the 9K range, I have I have concerns about everyone. Uh, so I'm just trying to find, I'm trying to find something, right? And for Dylan Wu, my something is this, uh, that he is a breakout candidate, uh, which means he is putting significantly below his, his, his own baseline, not PGA tour baseline, his own baseline. And he's hitting it well from T to green. Also, he won on the PGA tour or excuse me on the corn Ferry tour a couple of months ago. So yes, I'm very concerned about a lot of all, all, all of these guys. Uh, but I can find something that kind of gets me excited. Smotherton Smotherman, excuse me. Yeah. He's a ball striker, right? Let me see if I can pull him up. Uh, smother, smotherman. Let's see how many rounds we have on Austin smotherman. Uh, I think I had eight, four. I have six total four from tw four from this year. Yeah. Okay. Good ball striker. Oh my goodness. L loses 7.7. .7. Is that all I have on him? Is that all I have on Austin smotherman four rounds? Let me look at something real quick. What I've seen from Smotherman is that he's a very good ball striker and a horrible putter. So the event that Dylan Wu won, he finished fourth. 
That's a corn fairy tour event. Okay. He won a corn fairy tour event earlier this year. Simmons bank top five at Wichita. He actually, he seems very, very volatile to me. It's, it's win, miscut, miscut, fifth, miscut, 15th, miscut, fourth, 57th, miscut. Like, it seems like he's all over the place, which is kind of good. Fourth in San Antonio. Um, very, very volatile ball striker is what he looks like to me, which is generally a way to my heart. Yeah, this is a good, this is a good call, Parker. Uh, limit the date range for models. Yeah. So here's what you could do. Um, yeah. So what the custom model will allow you to do is you can do date range or recent rounds. So like sometimes if you do, you know, someone's last 50 rounds or even 12 rounds in this case, eight of them may be from like two seasons ago because it's measured rounds. So you can use the date range, um, as well. That's a, that's a good point. Good call Parker. Oh, easy. Kyle says, Rick, CBS grants you media credentials for one tourney a year. What tourney are you picking? The Masters. That was easy. Outside of majors, um, I'll I'll remove the majors and the players. I want, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, this would be a good one. Tigers event. Because no one's there. Like no fans are there, no media is there or anything. Like you can walk around, go anywhere you want. People are gonna want to choose, like, oh, I'd go to um this event where there's a hundred thousand people there. Like, no, that's annoying. You can't see anything, you can't get access, you can't hear anything. I'd go to Tiger's event, 18 player field where the 15 of them are like top 20 players. That's where I'd go. Cause I'm using my noggin. There was a couple questions I skipped uh, about Graham McDowell. Uh but I've got a couple minutes here. Let's do McDowell. So obviously uh, a benefit of McDowell's game here is that he's not very long off the tee, right? Uh, he's kind of a gritty, windy golfer. Uh, Bermuda grass is uh, significantly his best surface. In fact, it's the only one he gains on. I actually want to look at this a little bit different because look at, okay, I'm going to go to the Holy Grail for this. Um, let's find McDowell. Because this might be kind of interesting. I'm going to go to McDowell and I have a ton of rounds on him, right? Look at his, look at his putting numbers. Generally horrid. And he's missed a ton of cuts. What does this look like if I just do Bermuda? Because he's a, apparently a very good putter on Bermuda. Yeah, look at this. Look how much better this gets. It's like the only surface he can putt on. That's kind of wild. He's gaining a third of a stroke per round on Bermuda and he punts it away everywhere else. Still doesn't help with the ball striking, right? But at least it gives him a little bit of a chance here. Um, it's kind of interesting. You know, you, okay, let's do, let's do, we're already deep into this. Let's go Bermuda, like sub 7,100 yard courses. Yeah, now we're talking. Now we're talking, now he's, now he is gaining a half a stroke per round. What was he doing before? Eh, same thing. A little bit better. He got a little bit better on, on small, on shorter courses. He got like five tenths of a stroke better, but this is kind of interesting. You know, he doesn't lose off the team nearly as much. Obviously the one win at heritage helps out there. He's only missed the cut four out of 14. This isn't the end of this isn't the worst thing I've ever seen. I got I got to admit on on um on Graham McDowell. Pretty slick. Uh all right, I think that's going to do it. Live chat in the books. Uh if you would like to chat more, we can do so at 8:15 p.m. Eastern time this evening on the Jock Market Power Hour. Use the code RICK to deposit. Also, I'm giving away $100. If you go and drop your Jock Market username in the chat right now, there's a pretty good chance you win right? Like your competition's not that, not that strong. Um, and you can do it now. You don't have to be present. Like I like, I'll wait, just go do it. The link's probably in the description of this video, uh, or you can find it on youtube.com slash Rick run good. Uh, just go drop your jock market username and you'll probably win money. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? There is a cut sweat show this week. Sorry. I completely forgot. There is a cut sweat show this week, but they're in Atlantic time. So this is kind of weird. I'm going to go with, um, about 3 p.m. Eastern time is going to be the Cut Sweat Show on Friday. 
That'll be fun. Data-driven cut sweat. Probably be very windy. Probably be very nasty. Probably be a bunch of weird names. It'll be cool. What else? Sign up for the newsletter. That's the Run Good Rundown. RickRunGood.com slash newsletter. Sign up for RickRunGood.com. The 300 Yards Unknown episode with Victor Hovland is coming out hopefully tomorrow or in the next couple of days. That's fun. Um, otherwise, have a great week. Enjoy it. Pet your dogs. I'll talk to you guys. See ya. Thanks. Thanks so much.